grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Sunday is found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, beginning at verse 22. The Lord told Moses to speak to Aaron and to his sons and to tell them to bless the Israelites with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. In this way, they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice confidently on the basis of our hope for the glory of God. Not only this, but we also rejoice confidently in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces patient endurance. And patient endurance produces tested character, and tested character produces hope, and hope will not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. Jesus said, I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I said that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father who has created us, from Jesus Christ, Son of God who has saved us, and from the Holy Spirit of God who has called us and keeps us in the one true faith. The portion of God's word for consideration this morning is the Old Testament reading, Numbers chapter 6, beginning at verse 22. The Lord told Moses to speak to Aaron and to his sons and to tell them to bless the Israelites with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and 
give you peace. In this way they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. I grew up in a church very much like Salem. About the same size as Salem, we haven't had a school. A little church back in Michigan called Redeemer. I went to kindergarten through eighth grade there at Redeemer. We had very faithful teachers at my grade school there. Very faithful pastors, especially the two that I do remember growing up. Very much like Pastor Siles here. Who every Sunday from the pulpit preached the truth of God's word. And the reason I emphasize that is that so that you understand what I'm about to tell you is my misunderstanding, not their mispreaching or misteaching. It was my misunderstanding. And I want to clear up that misunderstanding in case any of you might still have some of that kind of spooking around out there. You see, when I was growing up, and of course going to Sunday school as well, like we have here at Salem, and going to grade school, hearing all the Bible history lessons, of course, you know, from creation, through the Israelites going in the desert, King David, the birth of Jesus, crucifixion, resurrection, Apostle Paul, all those. Somehow I got it into my mind that the Old Testament God was God the Father. I mean, we say it in the Apostles' Creed, right? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And so I had it in my childish mind. The Old Testament, when we talk about God, that's God the Father. God of creation, right? Parting the Red Sea, giving the law to Moses on Sinai, leading the Israelites through the desert. That was God the Father. Because Christmas, well, that's when Jesus shows up, right? So then that's Jesus. And then, well, Pentecost, we heard about Pentecost last Sunday. Well, that's when the Holy Spirit shows up. That's how I had it figured. Now, that's not what I was taught. That's not what was preached. But in my mind, that's how I had it figured. Well, if that's maybe the way that you had it figured, I want to correct that. Because that's not how Scripture puts it. You see, here in the blessing, which we have every Sunday at the end of the service, has been going on for thousands upon thousands of years as we have it first given here from the Lord to Moses to Aaron to the high priests for centuries upon centuries and thousands upon thousands of years, even to us here in the year 2022. When it says the Lord here, this is not just God the Father, as I might have thought back in my youth. This is the Holy Trinity. And even going back to creation, that's the Holy Trinity. Because there in Genesis chapter 1, Moses writes by inspiration of the Lord, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was undeveloped and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Well, there's the Holy Spirit right there. And then in John's Gospel chapter 1, he starts out and says, In the beginning, that sounds familiar, that's going back to Genesis chapter 1. That's going back to creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
Through him everything was made, and without him not one thing was made that has been made. And you might say, well, who is that word? And John goes on and tells us in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. The glory he has as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the Son. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit there at creation. That's been taught my whole life. That's been taught forever since the first opening verses of Genesis. I might have misunderstood it, but I'm going to make it crystal clear here. When we have this in Numbers, when the first word here is the Lord told Moses, that's the Holy Trinity speaking. We might think God the Father when we think Old Testament, but that's the Holy Trinity speaking there. And the Lord, the Holy Trinity speaking to Moses says, you speak to Aaron and to his sons and tell them to bless the Israelites with these words. See, these, these words that we have at the end of our worship service, these are not just made up. These are not Moses just saying, well, how do we end the worship service? And Aaron says, I don't know, what do you think? Well, let's think up some good ones. No, 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 no. These came directly from the triune God. This is the triune God blessing his people. And the triune God says, this is how you are to do it. And this is how you are to always do it. And he says, bless the Israelites, the sons of Israel, with these words. And unless you start to think, well, you know, I don't think I have a lot of Jewish blood flowing in me. I don't know if I'm a direct descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Apostle Paul makes it clear in the book of Romans that this is the spiritual sons of Israel, the, the children of the promise, the children of faith. This is you and me living in Colorado Springs in the year 2022. These are children of God, the triune God, trusting in the Lord, the Lord and Savior Jesus as our Savior, just as they trusted in the coming Savior to be their, their Savior as well. Ancestry, human blood ancestry doesn't enter into it. This is the spiritual ancestry of the triune God clinging to those promises. Promises of the coming Savior for them, the Savior who has come for us, but the same promises and the same faith. And so what does the Lord say? That he tells Moses, tell to Aaron, remember Aaron the first high priest, and Aaron's sons would carry that on to the generations that would come after and after and after, even to us to say, he says, the Lord bless you and keep you. It's not just a person doing it. It's not just who's ever doing the worship service, whether it's me here this Sunday, or somebody else next Sunday, or it's Pastor Siles when he comes back from vacation. It's not up to a human being. It's not up to frail humans. It's the Lord, the triune God, the all-powerful God. We just heard the words of creation. God who called it all into being by his mighty word. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself on the cross and said, it's finished. 
and the one for us salvation, the Holy Spirit who works the word in the sacrament, calling us and keeping us in the one true faith, that all-powerful triune God is the one who blesses us. But why? Why would the triune God bless the Israelites? You've read enough of the Old Testament. You've heard the Bible history accounts. You knew they rebelled. You knew how they complained. Oh, we had it better in Egypt. We sat around pots of meat. We weren't eating this stinking manna. Even Moses. Moses was a murderer. Remember, he killed a man in Egypt. And then when the Lord said, speak to that rock and water come from it, Moses said, no, i got a better plan. I'm going to hit the rock with my, with my staff. I'm going to yell at the Israelites about it. And the Lord said, well, now you're not going into Israel. Moses was a sinner. Did he deserve God's blessings? Did the Israelites deserve God's blessing? Do we deserve the triune Lord's blessings? Are we so sinless that God should look upon us and say, well, I gotta bless you guys. Not at all. We're sinners. We've not done right in the sight of God. Not at all. David writes in the Psalms, Surely I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. From our own parents, we inherit that sinful nature, which condemns us from the get-go. And then from the moment we're born, we just pile sin upon sin upon sin. But yet God looks upon us in love. And it's not just some warm, fuzzy feeling. It's that love in action. That love that does something. That love that went to Adam and Eve in the garden. That love that caused God to send his son to die upon that cross, bearing our sins, your sins, my sins, and washing us clean in the blood of Christ. So now God sees us as ones who do good, not because we do good, but because Christ has washed us clean. And all our, all our filthy sinful acts are washed clean in the blood of Christ, and we are pure in God's sight. And now he looks on us for the sake of Christ, and he blesses us, and he keeps us. He watches over us. The fact that we got here this morning is a miracle in and of itself. Often we read in the news of traffic accidents that God watched over us and kept us here. We think of the Israelites walking in the desert, wandering for, in the wilderness for 40 years until every fighting man of Israel, except for two, Caleb and Joshua, they died, that whole generation died. 600,000 fighting men were counted when they left Mount Sinai. When they were about to cross the Jordan, 600,000 fighting men they had, all brand new ones. The others had all died. But notice how God had kept their number. Their shoes did not wear out. 40 years of walking in the wilderness, their shoes did not wear out. God even watched over them to that degree. And think how the Lord watches over you. And I'm just talking about the physical now, but we're used to the physical. 
Think of the spiritual. Satan wants nothing more than to destroy our souls. He wants nothing more than to snatch us from the Lord, the triune God. Every day, God's angels protect us from the onslaughts of Satan. Not just the physical, but especially the spiritual. And he keeps us in that one true faith. He watches over us. He knows exactly where we are. Right now, we're all in one place. But in an hour, two hours, we'll be scattered. He's still watching over us. He still watches over our loved ones. He still cares for us. He keeps us. And it's not as if like he's keeping us like, like somebody that's jealous and doesn't want to let us go. He keeps us because he loves us. And he protects us. And then he repeats his name, not because we forgot it. He doesn't just repeat his name over and over and over in this section of his word because somehow we'll forget it. But he wants especially to remind us of who he is. He is the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. He wants his name on us. He says, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Maybe in your youth, I hope this didn't happen, but maybe in your youth, you did something. One of your parents said, I don't even want to look at you right now. Maybe that sounds familiar. And that probably hurt at that time. Maybe it still does. Now because of our sin, God's got every right to say, I don't want to look at you right now. But what does he say? The Lord make his face shine on you. God looks at us in love. He turns his face towards us with a loving smile. Again, reminding us of that. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, service after service. Again, because of his love. And be gracious to you. Be merciful to us. We've heard it described many times as that courtroom scene. God bangs the gavel and says, not guilty. Not because we're innocent. Again, because of Christ. God showing his love and mercy to us and reminding us of that. He goes on and says, the Lord look on you with favor. Not just looking on us. Not just turning his face towards us. But looking on us with favor. Again, maybe going back to your childhood. Maybe you had a grandparent. And when you would show up at their house, their face would light up. Maybe you're the grandparent now. And your little grandson or granddaughter comes over. You know how your face lights up. God, that's the trying Lord looking at you. Again, that love. The love that sent his own son to the cross out of love for you. And God reminding us of that and giving you peace. That peace, why we've named this church Salem. That peace which the world cannot give. That peace between God and man. That peace which is restored. That peace that was there. Again, I'm going to go back to the Garden of Eden. 
God walking with Adam and Eve as was his custom before the fall into sin. Destroyed by sin, but renewed by Christ. We have that peace with God that after the sermon, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to bring our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ's name on our lips and on our thoughts before our Lord in prayer in their needs. Because we have that relationship with God restored. We don't need a high priest to do that. We don't need somebody to go behind the curtain to the Holy of Holies, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. We don't, we don't have that huge curtain separating us between us and God. We have that peace restored by Christ. We have that peace. And, and we didn't go and get it. And we certainly didn't go to the store and buy it like a gallon of milk because we could never pay the price. Christ paid the price and gave it to us. Gave it to us freely at no cost. We don't pay him back. We serve the Lord out of love, but it's not payment. It's purely out of love. It's out of thank you. But this is given, and, and God says it clearly here in the text. And then he finishes up by saying, in this way, they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. If you've been paying attention, this is the third time you use the word bless. Again, the Holy Spirit is driving that point home. The triune God is blessing you. If you didn't hear it the first time, if you didn't hear it the second time, hear it the third time. The Lord is blessing you and putting his name on you. You belong to him. He's not giving you up. Not for anything in the world. And one thing as I was going through this text, how blessed we are. I've said this many times. How blessed we are to have a synod, to have a seminary, a college that insists our pastors take eight years of Greek and six years of Hebrew because I guarantee you if it was elect an elective I wouldn't have done it. But it wasn't an elective. Insisted we take it. Looking at the Hebrew here. There's six verbs in the blessing, in the Aaronic blessing. Bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, look on you with favor and give you peace. Six verbs, six action words but there's six pronouns there. The word you. In English, the word you is either singular or plural. You can't tell the difference. It's the same. Unless you're in Texas. And then you have y'all. Right? Okay. That's plural. That's y'all. We're not in Texas. You. Is a singular? Is a plural? Can't tell in English. You can in the Hebrew. In this text is singular. What does that mean? That means for 4,000 plus years, as the sons of Aaron, and as the pastors and preachers in churches across the land, 
then proclaiming the blessing to the people is not just to a group. I'm just going to use one of the verbs, the Lord bless you. It's not just to a group. Singular. Each one of you individually. Lord speaks to each one of us by name, knowing each one of us individually. The Lord bless you and 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 me. The Lord does not just see us as a big group for the congregation of Salem. He sees each one of us as an individual. He speaks to us in this blessing as an individual. The triune God blesses you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.